little moon drop, lemon swirls. How's it going? It's barely about music with your host, Kevy. That's me. You know that, though. That's why you're here. Thank you for listening. I'm doing another episode with no guest because it's been a minute. Technically, it's been a couple weeks since the last one, so I feel I owe you. I feel that I should, I should fill the void. I should put out something. You know, the last one, the fake shark episode, it was great, but it was leading into the release of our new single, Wake Up, and then we had to go uh, do a little, didn't have to, wanted to, got to go do a little tour uh, through Toronto and do uh, do uh, CMW, Canadian Music Week. It's a big, big-ass uh, annual music festival. Liam Gallagher played it um, and then canceled last second, so that didn't happen. So that's, that's the credit I led with, and it didn't even happen. That's what kind of research I do. But we played it. Fake Shark played it, and uh, it was really cool. So well, I just got back from that la- late last night, and um, it was good. We went up, we down, went down there. Uh, I was busy as hell. Played a show. We did this thing where um, our radio person, who is is sort of presenting Wake Up to the different radio stations every year, they'll do this thing called Jukebox Jury, where it's like um, eight judges and they're radio programmers, so that means that they decide what goes on the radio, on the specific stations. And at Jukebox Jury, like five different presenters will come up, and and they'll play the song that they're representing, and then they'll explain why they think it should be played on the radio on the different stations, and then the different judges will say if they do or don't want to play it, and they'll say why or why not, you know? And it's like... Most of the time, it's like, no, I don't want to play that. Uh, you know, we're a adult contemporary station, so we can't play that new Slayer song. You know, it's, it's a lot of that. Um, and so Wake Up was one of the uh, five songs chosen to be presented there. And the band's not there when they do this, but um, our radio guy, who's the main radio person at Sony, had this really cool guerrilla marketing campaign idea where he'd dress like a shark, okay, because my band name has the word shark in it, so that's why he did that, you know. And so he's presenting our song, and he's playing the video, which isn't even out yet. And then I kicked open the door and went, uh-oh, hope you like hits, boom. And then we played the song acoustically, and we had all these harmonies for that. And then uh, and then they had to say whether or not they'd play the song in front of us, which was awkward for them. And I really applied the pressure. So they really felt threatened and obligated to play our music. And it's the way I live my life. I like that. You know, I'm a bully. So it's perfect. Um, And the the one that was really exciting to me was the guy, this dude, um, who is the program director for BBC, because BBC is the biggest British radio station um, and he works for BBC Six and One, and those are the two coolest radio stations in the world. And uh, shout out to him, Chris, because he said he loved it, and that was very important to me. So thank you so much to him, to Chris Price. Shout out to him. I gave him like five high fives, and he told me I was endearing and also intimidating. Anyway, it was good. I'm back. Um, we did a session with uh, my friend Joel, who's in the band Dragonette, and uh, he's He's an awesome writer and producer, and so we wrote a new song with him, and I'm excited about it. And now I'm back. Uh, I'm finishing a couple comedy albums, and uh, I thought maybe it would be cool if I... um, Maybe I just played some music that I think people should hear that uh, I haven't had the, the chance to show other people, you know? 
here's how sensitive I am is I went and saw this uh, this singer, this friend of mine, Begonia. Um, I met her on the SoCan writing trip I did, and uh, teared up. She's she her voice. She's got a very vintage quality to her voice. Yeah, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play some Begonia, actually. So I'm going to play a couple seconds of it so you can hear it. This is my favorite of her songs. Um, one of my heroes as a producer is Danger Mouse. Um, he works with Beck. He works with Portugal the Man. He is part of Gnarls Barkley. Um, he produces CeeLo Green. These people are all heroes of mine. And um, Begonia's music sounds like uh, it was written with Danger Mouse, except she's it's very musician-y also. And so she... She was just, I like it because she live, she's not cookie cutter. She's not trying to look sexy. She's she's not trying to be a pop star. She's just very artistic and she's doing things her way and she's a really interesting background. So listen to this song. Been trying hard to keep myself from keeping myself from revealing. I've got a real good feeling, feeling. first heard the weekend's music um i was so blown away by it now 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 he's everybody's favorite singer back in like 2009 2010 he was my favorite it's i discovered the weekend and odd future at the same time and i became obsessed with both um the the uh the weekend's first album was actually a mixtape in fact his first three albums were mixtapes uh which which is to say that he if if you release a mixtape, it means it's free. You just make an album, you put it online, people listen to it, and it's a way of sort of um, garnering a fan base without expecting, because people don't want to pay for something when they don't know what it is. So basically rappers, what they'll do is their mixtapes will be really crazy. You know, it'll be a crazy production, the most insane lyrics and concepts. The songs will be crazy. Like Lil Wayne, his his albums you buy will have the radio singles, you know? You can make money off it, but his mixtapes are just kind of where he's rapping, and they're more more old school, and I kind of prefer them, you know. Um, but the weekend's first album, it was called House of Balloons, and it's still one of my favorite albums, even though I don't really listen to him anymore. Um, what I liked about it was it was produced mostly by this producer named Doc, and Doc is a a producer from the trip hop era of Toronto. R&B music. He produced the first Astero album, which is called Breath From Another, which is one of my favorite albums ever. And he worked with this dude, Alangelo, 
um, and they basically made a 2000s version of trip hop in a sense. And what I mean by that is that even though it was soulful sort of black music, it had a gothic vibe. And to me, that is the quintessential elements of trip hop. Trip hop is like my favorite genre of music ever. Tricky, Massive Attack, Portishead, um, all that stuff. I really love it. Martina Topley Bird's one of my favorite singers. She's, she sings on the album Maxine Quay by Tricky, which is probably my favorite album ever. So How's a Balloon, when it came out, the first thing I noticed is that it was a soul song, but it was sampling Susie and the Banshees, which is the first real goth band, in, in a sense. You know, Peter Murphy, I suppose, was before Susie and the Banshees, but Susie and the Banshees came out of the punk rock scene in England. And, um, and just the way she was dressing and everything, and, and Sid Vicious was their first drummer, and um, Billy Idol was briefly in the band, and then Robert Smith from The Cure, he played in Susie and the Banshees, and then the look he has now with sort of the, like frizzy black hair and red lipstick, that, uh, it's argued that he stole that look from Susie. And then she called him Fat Bob until he quit the band. Mean! Anyway, um, The Weeknd sampled Happy House, which is a Susie and the Banshee song. But he used kind of modern day, or I should say Doc and Elangelo used kind of modern day uh, production techniques on it. So it kind of had like dubstep bass. I know dubstep is kind of like, it's kind of like a swear word at this point because it's just so dated sounding. But the some of the sounds, the kicks and the snares and stuff are really really usable still you know like the new back album colors which is like an incredible album it uses those same kicks and snares and drum sounds and i love that but um but basically uh, what i liked about house of balloons is that it embraced gothic culture it was it was soul music though which was unique and there were songs about partying but they weren't braggadocious which is so interesting for that genre to do something like that you know, because you know how rap goes. It's like, oh my God, my chain's so bright, it burned your retina out. Shit like that, right? But this was like, I partied a lot and it's ruining my life and I have addiction problems. And I the, the sort of like landscape of Sonics that accompanied those kind of lyrics were just so real feeling that it just really touched me. And also, when that album came out, when the first three albums came out, no one fucking knew what he looked like. So there's this mystique to it. And I miss that. Like now, I mean, obviously he's like a good looking cat or whatever. But now, I mean, you see him everywhere. There's no mystique. And I understand that's cool for his career. And that's that's like a good move to do because he's a pop star now. He's kind of, I feel sometimes like, like for instance, I Can't Feel My Face. It sounds like Max Martin, who produced and co-wrote that song. It seems like he's trying to make him like a modern day Michael Jackson, I guess. And his voice is kind of like Michael Jackson, you know. Um, I remember when I first heard that song, I was kind of disappointed about it, but I was on tour in Europe and I heard it everywhere. And it's like, I heard it and heard it and heard it until I liked it. And sometimes I think that's the goal of uh, record labels is just like force people, brainwash people with a song until it works, you know? Um, but I was, I was a little disappointed when it came out just because it wasn't, it was no longer the project that I fell in love with. You know, from a business sense, make I totally understand it. It's just I was such a fan. And that's the thing is like music is such a personal thing. So if you get close to it, it means a lot to you, you know. I'm I'm lucky enough to be in a band and, and uh, have a fan base, you know. Most people can't say that, so I'm grateful for that. And so I understand because that's me when I was growing up too. Like I'd, 
I'd go to concerts by myself and be f- in the front, like always, you know? And so as a fan, I get a little bit let down sometimes, especially when it feels like your favorite music is getting away from you. It's not yours anymore. It's everyone else's, you know? So, so I, I, uh, that was kind of how I felt about that. Um, but the coolest song on the album to me is actually, I love this move and I've done it too, is it, there's a secret song in the middle of the album. Back in the day, people used to like have like, you know, 10 minutes of silence after the last song and then there'd be another song that isn't credited in the track list. The Weeknd is the first guy I ever saw do it in the middle of the album. And so the song How's the Balloon ends and then it glitches into this other song called Glass Table Girls, and that's my fucking favorite weekend song. The production's so cool. He's like, they're like pitching his voice like mid-word, and the lyrics are weird, and it's like, it's just him about him doing like bags and bags of cocaine, I think, and I just like that he was just committing to being a bad person, you know? I'm one of those people that I don't need my artist I'm a fan of to be a good person. It's like, when people are like, Kanye West is conceited. Good. F- I don't like, you know, what do you want? What do you want your rock stars to be like? Like, you know, uh, like I like Kings of Leon's music, but it's people that are not interesting to me. It's like, they are three brothers who used to go to church. Boring. Give me Axl Rose. Give me Marilyn Manson. You know, I like, I like some rebellion in my art, I guess. So I, and I like that The Weeknd to this day owns his drug usage. I just find it interesting, you know. Because I, I think what I my main problem with pop music is sort of vapid, empty nature of it. Not all of it, you know. I'm a big I'm a big fan of the things I'm a big fan of, and I like a lot of popular music. But when it's it's cookie cutter, this you know a song could belong to anybody. And I just being a music producer, I see a lot of young pop singers trying to do that, and I think it's a mistake because, you know, Katy Perry is interesting. She's actually an interesting person, and and uh, and she has this magnetic force that makes you want to look at her, and and she's interesting. And Lady Gaga is like a real musician and and a real you know, music dork. She's a huge fucking queen and Motley Crue fan. Like that's cool. I I think a, a lot of people who want to be pop singers today don't even know about those bands, and that's unfortunate. So yeah, I'll check it out. This is Glass Table Girls. Um, one of my favorite songs, um, underrated. Uh, people never talk about this, and I don't understand why, because the production is so crazy. Check it out. For the lady who be down for that 
whatever, together Bring that own stash of the greatest, trade it Roll the dub, burn the dub, cough it dirt, taste it Now watch us chase it With a handful of pills, no chases Jaw clenching on some supersized papers She bad in a headband Escaping, the van is a wonderland And it's half past six Weed stars, cause time don't exist And when the stars shine back to the crib Superstar lines back at the crib We could test out the tables Got some brand new tables All glass and it's four feet wide But it's a must to get us ten feet high She give me sex in a handbag I get her wetter than a wet net And no closed doors So I listen to her moans echo Dirty do drugs now, you heard wrong, I've been on it for a minute We just never act a fool, that's just how we fucking live it And when we act a fool, it's probably cause we mixed it Yeah, I'm always on that okie dokie Them white boys know the deal, ain't no fucking phony Big O know the deal This next band is, um, they're cool man, they're called Starcrawler, they're from Los Angeles Some of them are teenagers, some of them are still in high school uh, they're turned on to me by my friend Annie Hardy because she is friends with Arrow, the singer. And we just happened to see them in Toronto when we were there. They did an all-day uh, festival that was outdoors. And it was really cool. Um, Mud Honey was on it, uh, and they were amazing. Mud Honey is such a cool, underrated band. I mean, if there was no Mud Honey, there never would have been a Nirvana because the singer Mark Arm was like Kurt Cobain's hero. So they're so good, man. And they, I liked it because... There were all those, all these people there watching them, and the singer didn't mind being intimidating live, you know. Um, and they're so offensive. So Starcrawler, like, um, she was like, she first of all she's like rail thin, and she was climbing around all over the the stage and hanging off stuff, and then, yeah, and then straight finger blasting herself, <laughs> families around and stuff, and then. At the end, she like puked blood. It was great. They do those kind of antics, but the music is sort of traditional kind of rock and roll, like kind of like the Runaways or something like that. So I thought I'd play one of their songs. I have no guest. I'd bring back my everyone's favorite Australian person, Kirby, for another episode of Kirby's Corner, this time about our trip to China. I think about that trip all the time. Our, our bands, my band Fake Shark, Real Zombie at the time, which is now Fake Shark, and your 
Kirby's band War Baby, which he drums in, which is my favorite Vancouver band, by the way. We we're all from Vancouver, although Kirby's not from Vancouver. But we all, even though we've been playing in Vancouver for a long time, we really became friends in Beijing, China. Yeah, because we toured together there. It's so crazy. Like, uh, you know, I mean, one minute I'm playing in Chilliwack to some guy that thought I was making eye contact with his wife while I was playing drums and I could have sworn was going to take his belt off. But really you were making eye contact with his husband, I was making eye contact with his crutch because he's about to take his fucking belt (laughs) off. And and then the next minute, here we are at the Vancouver International Airport and I look at him like, who's this fucking asshole with pink hair? Mm. And then I was like, get a cunt. Like, oh, I love that word. I love that word. There we oh, go. Nah, that's not true, but yeah, <laughs> more or less. It's pretty much actually, yeah. But it's funny because I didn't. Somehow we didn't know each other, really. I I knew a fake shark, and I I looked you guys up, and then remember I told you how I I used to think Lou was was like way too flirty with my wife, because <laughs> I'd go into Whole Foods and Lou would be like, hey, what's up? Hey, so you guys just getting this pumpkin? That's a perfect impression. <laughs> of thanks, and I'd be like. Yeah, but why'd you just say it like that? Why'd yeah. you want to fuck my wife? Like, what the fuck? Why'd you say yeah. pumpkin with a strong P? Fuck this guy. And then <laughs> fast forward, like, you know, six months later, and I look up Fake Shark. I'm like, that's the fucking guy. That's the fucking Whole Foods guy. <laughs> so I sort of had my, my backup. And really? I was ready, yeah, a little bit. And then when I met you guys, obviously, that, I mean, I still hate Lou, of course. Yeah. But like, <laughs> Me but too. Yeah, the rest of it, well, just joking, Lou, I love you. But, Me too. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a funny, man. It's a funny world. That's crazy. That China trip was crazy, man. Yeah, it's the th- here are the things I remember most from it. Okay. Uh, first of all, it's drunk as I've ever seen you. I'm definitely yeah. That's the drunkest I've ever been. I'm getting another beer. Do you want another beer? Yes, please. And then besides that, um, the first night we were in Beijing, China, um, Al D, our friend, the promoter who brought us there, took us to a country bar, a country bar in Beijing, China, and and their version of of a country bar was like kind of like. North American stereotypes of what a country bar would be. So there was a tumbleweed in there. Yeah, right, right in that drawer right there to the left. There you, yep, there you go. And then I didn't know your band really at all. Like you're, you're kind of the most sort of personable guy in your band. And so I hadn't really had a conversation yet with your guys. That's funny because I'm pretty sure from where I was over there, the, pretty sure where I was over there near the fridge that you, that you accidentally didn't say the biggest legend in your band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's what I meant. meant. Thank you. Feel free to get yourself one also. Uh, But but I didn't really know your band, yet there I was carrying your singer to a hotel room eight hours (laughs) later. Yeah, well, it's it's how we like to meet people is is I'm like, hey, man, nice to meet you. You seem really nice. Well, let me just give you a little window into my life. (laughs) And... um, for sure, carry this person back to his bed. That's probably my bed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds about right. And then I got crazy food poisoning. And then oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, I always forget about that. How long were you out for? <laughs> like four days. Yeah. And then you know what's funny is we, f- I still, it was really bad for like four days. And then we played the longest show I've ever played in my life while I was had it. Yeah. Like a ninety-minute show. Was that after we left you guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this was in Guangzhou. Mm-hmm. And then we flew back. And then at the airport, I got through. Uh, customs and everything and then i was standing in baggage check waiting for the other guys and then this dude who works there who looks like the rock came up and he (laughs) said he's like hey why come you're so sweaty and it's because i had food poisoning i was like i have food poisoning sir and he's like oh really because where are you coming from because you kind of look like you're detoxing from heroin or something like he was like really oh. like leading leading the witness in an unfair way did you was this was this the border into the states sorry? this is the this is we're in vancouver 
Oh, man. And you know how baggage check is right by basically getting out of the airport there. Yeah. So I was like this close to leaving. And then that guy started bugging me. I didn't know that. Actually. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't believe I didn't tell you this. And then he was like, he was like, oh, interesting. Why were you in China? Oh, okay. Cause I, and I only traveled <laughs> with a backpack because I hate fucking carrying anything around. And yeah. I'm a singer, so I don't have to. Yeah. And he was like, man, I'd like to go to China. Yeah. And he, he, was, he kept. I hate that. Uh, yeah. It happens to me sometimes too where like the border guard will judge my finances. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it, it like, I'll come through and you're like, oh, so you were just in uh, Thailand, I see. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude, I brought a six pack for $1.50. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can do it too, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Just He's put- like, boy, I'd like, I'd sure like go to China too. Maybe I can go to China because of your promoter friend. He did the quotey, uh, quotey fingers cool. thing. And then uh, I was like, yeah, man, maybe you can. And then he went, not funny. Yelled that in my face. <laughs> and oh my also, I beg to differ. And then, <laughs> and then he went, uh, he's like, let me tell you a little something, something about what I do here, okay? I specialize in three things. Fake foreign currency, drug, uh, what did he say? He's like, smuggling drugs, and child pornography. <laughs> and he said that so loud. Oh, my God. Yeah, and like, everyone looked. It's so sh- fucking bizarre. Yeah. yeah. See, like, that's a classic example. Like, a border guard to me, shout out to all the border guards, but mm-hmm. a border guard to me is a guy that, it's like, you know, like a born-again Christian mm-hmm. is most likely got more Bibles on him than the guy that was born with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, he doesn't have anything to prove. Yeah, exactly. So, like, a born-again Christian is like, oh, my God, check out this pamphlet. Read the, these things about Jesus. I read them. They're amazing. Yeah. Look at my life. It's great. You should check that out. You should definitely do this. Stop doing that. Like, they're very, yeah. like, the preachy aspect of a born-again Christian, mm-hmm. right? It's almost the same, but it's with power being sprinkled yeah, on them. Yeah, So... They're like way too many steps away from being an actual police officer. <laughs> but that power is so fucking intoxicating for them because yeah. it actually really is so strong. And this is from a guy who's been banned from the States. So they have a border guard be like, I'm in control of your happiness, your destiny, your holiday, everything. You coming back fucking home, I'm in control of that. Yeah. And for them to just even give you any shadow of a doubt that you may spend the rest of your life in a bamboo prison somewhere yeah. is so terrifying. Yeah. And they know that. That's why they say stupid, dumb shit like that. Yeah. It, and it's all for nothing, man. You're a fucking Canadian citizen. I, Dude, open the door. I know, man. Shut the fuck up. And by the way, while he was chastising me about how he collects drug dealers... Watch I, this podcast be like brought up next time I go <laughs> through the board. <laughs> it just ruins your life. I'm just sitting in a lawn chair somewhere with a fruity drink with yeah. an umbrella in it. But while he was chastising me about potentially being a drug smuggler a guy walked by with big pot leaves all over his socks and oh, i was always. like are you gonna talk to that guy and he's yeah. like i got my eyes on you sir oh God. he just he's in love with me and then and then um and then here's how it went so uh so he said that thing about child pornography and everyone looked at me and embarrassed me and then he uh he was he just kept talking to me and asking me more and more questions he was talking to me for like 25 minutes in public like he didn't take me into the little room or anything yeah and then he was like so what you're saying is he didn't you didn't smuggle any drugs on you, huh? And I was like, nope. And he's like, you never have you ever done drugs? Which is such a fucking stupid question. Yeah. And I talked to my lawyer since what then. What did you say there, though? I said no. Good. And then my lawyer was like, yeah, say no. Fuck him. Yeah, for sure say no. Yeah. I'm always shocked when people are like, well, you know, the summer of like 69, I had it. Like, no. Why would you do that? Always say no. Of course always. I've never done drugs. Yeah. Uh, but I that... I just, I, I, sorry to cut you off, but I really, really cannot stand, like, every time, I'm sure it's the same for you, every single airport I go through, it's the random security check. <laughs> you get that? 
Every time. <laughs> Do you get that? You don't get that? Not really. I could would have sworn. With I the think fucking... I'm too obvious. If someone was uh, going to, if someone was yeah, kind of crime, the ground, they wouldn't have lime green hair. That's true. <laughs> Which is exactly where I was going with this. Like, I, I get pulled aside and they're like, uh, sir, where have you been? I'm like, um, I don't know, over there. And I just walked over here. I was in Queensland. <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, you know, we're going to have to, this is a random, this is a random screening. We're going to have to pull you as hyper random screening. Would you like to prefer the x-ray or a pat down? Like, Definitely the x-ray. <laughs> He's like, okay, we'll stand over here, sir. And then they, they saw, and you can always see the disappointment on yeah. their face when things have been swabbed and put in the machine, and Nothing. the green light goes. Yeah. I always get such a kick because that's when you can be, you can be like, really, your attitude can go to like black belt status. Yeah, yeah. And you can just be like, yeah, I know, <laughs> I want my passport. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> give it back. Man, when we were in China... You wear a fucking three-piece suit and a briefcase if you had drugs. You know what I mean? Like, I know. You just try exactly. to be a normal businessman-looking motherfucker. That's what I, that's what a, I wanted to say to this... a guy with a black flag shirt on. Yeah, exactly. That's one, what I wanted to The Rock when I was in the airport. And then... So then he he was like, so you never done any drugs, huh? Never touch your stuff. And I was like, nope. And then he was like, well, we'll see what the drug, drug sniffing dogs have to say about that. And then he brought... Uh, like his German Shepherd over. And I, lo- I love dogs. Yeah. But he brought it over, and <laughs> if they smell anything, they'll either scratch at it or sit down. Yeah. And it kept walking past me, That's and he so was good. he was going. Duck, duck, duck. I was getting <laughs> mad at it, like Chris Farley, like. That's so. And then he's like, but "Fine." That feeling, but yeah. that, that feeling, as a man, is one of the top ten feelings you can have. Yeah. Where you know that you're backed into a corner, but you're completely innocent, yeah. and the powers to be want to find something on you. Yeah. So so bad that they literally send in the dogs, <laughs> and then the dogs come back with nothing, and then you get to have that moment where you're looking dead in the eye and you just say, "Yeah, I told you." <laughs> Man, I would I wasn't that cheeky. My feelings were hurt. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. In my head, I'm like, "Oh, th- th- nothing there." Oh, <laughs> but like, yeah. I imagine shit that I, dude. I always do this like Clint Eastwood shit where I imagine that it's coming out like so. Yeah, man. I told you wouldn't find nothing. But I know that it's all like, is there anything else, sir? I, like, <laughs> and I know that my voice is so high, but yeah. in my head, I'm like, yeah. When you, it. when you say you Clint Eastwood, you mean you call all races by racial epithets, like in Gran Torino? That's kind of what I meant, yeah. Man, that f- have you seen that movie? I have. It made me laugh so hard. It just, just the ignorance of it. Was so fucking funny and entertaining to yeah, me. Yeah, I kind of wish that would come out right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was actually, uh, how amazing would it be if Clintus was like, hey, I'm Clintus, but I'm 112 years old. <laughs> yeah. And this is our new movie. <laughs> yeah. It's what it's like in back in my day. Yeah. Didn't you think, though, it was so over the top that it was funny? Like, oh, of course. It was hilarious. I was laughing the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. You how know? he bonded with an Asian person? Can you imagine? I can't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the Asians. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all Asians. No offense. Sorry, Grandpa. Um. That's it, man. Thanks for listening. Um, check out Begonia. Check out Starcrawler. You've already heard The weekend, whether you want to or not, at all times. And check out my band song, Wake Up. The video comes out this week. Very excited about it. Um, yeah, man. That's it. Uh, listen to Wake Up. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about this podcast, too. It's slowly growing. I like doing it. Gonna keep doing it. And uh, that's about it, baby. Thank you, my little cupcake raisin brand. We'll see you next week. Bye.